Welcome to the Essay for FA's Retirement Advisor podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today I will share with you some of the World Economic Forum's insights on the retirement crisis including what I think is the sound approach that Denmark has adopted and the importance of financial advisors in retirement preparedness. We'll get to all that in just a moment. But first, this message. If you're a financial advisor, you should be using Seeking Alpha Premium. I'll mention just two items I personally think are valuable for advisors. Number one, advisors typically get investment research from their own broker-dealer and it's good to cross-reference that with the research available to Seeking Alpha Premium subscribers. Number two, the quantitative ratings available to premium subscribers are an incredible value add because they make it possible to compare investments with mutually consistent data. In other words, it aids in getting different investment ideas to talk to each other, as it were. These features are just the tip of the iceberg, and it costs only $240 for an annual subscription. Click on Upgrade on the top right of your Seeking Alpha homepage to see a full list of benefits and options. The World Economic Forum, a membership organization of multinational corporations known for their annual think tank-style retreat in Davos, Switzerland, posted a video last month about the retirement crisis, or what it calls the Global Pensions Time Bomb. I think the video, which I've linked to on my Seeking Alpha article page, is helpful. We sometimes hear global this or global that and assume that it is less relevant to Americans because it's based on some sort of composite of a whole bunch of countries, many less affluent than the U.S., but that's certainly not the case here. The narrator tells us that the World Economic Forum study is based on the six largest pension systems in the world, which are all based in rich countries, those being the U.S., Japan, the U.K., Canada, Australia, and the Netherlands. The video, which augments research the World Economic Forum presented in three reports in collaboration with consulting firm Mercer, makes the following points. First, that resources of people in these six countries are generally sufficient for retirement lasting five to six years, and yet people in these countries are living between 10 and 20 years on average in retirement, that higher figure representing Japanese women. Second, that already large existing gap between resources and retirement is accelerating at a rapid rate over time. Third, the video stresses the familiar idea that there are three main sources of retirement income, government-provided benefits, employer-provided benefits, and individual savings. My favorite part of the video is the following observation, which I quote, People need to really think about where their retirement income is going to come from, and how much more savings they need in order to be able to live a comfortable life during retirement, end quote. Or should I say, duh. Indeed, we do need to think about this. I'll offer some thoughts on this, but first, the World Economic Forum praises two countries for trying to find creative solutions to this time bomb problem. Denmark, it says, automatically moves up the retirement age as long as longevity increases, with a benefits-neutral goal. Chile is the other country that gets kudos, the Latin American nation hasn't raised the retirement age, but instead provides incentives to work longer by increasing benefits to those who defer retirement. For my part, I'm skeptical of the Chilean approach, not because it's not a good idea in theory, 
just that bribing people to work longer doesn't seem to be working very well. The country is still in the throes of mass protests that began last fall, with pension payments that Chileans regard as too little and too late being one of the catalysts protesters have cited. In the U.S., we've seen something similar without the protests or violence, which is that people claim Social Security on average at age 62, the earliest time they can do so, with the smallest possible benefit payment, despite the fact that Americans' retirements are underfunded. The Danish system, on the other hand, strikes me as brilliant from the point of view of both solvency and generosity. The idea is to pay out benefits for 14.5 years on average. That's not too shabby. The Danes accomplish this with an indexation method designed to give people 15 years' notice of retirement age increases. The last increase was decided in 2015, at which time the average 60-year-old Dane lived to 83.7, a 0.6 years increase from the previous average. So subtracting 14.5 years of benefits from 83.7, you get 69.2. The law allows for rounding to the closest whole number, which is 69. If you're with me so far, the retirement age should be 69 in the year 2030. But, because the law restricts increases to just one year within every five years, and the retirement age was already set to be 67 in the year 2029, the index allows a one-year rather than two-year increase to 68 and not 69 in the year 2030. The reason I think that this system is about the only kind that would work in the present age is because it's based on a prearranged formula rather than the whims of vote-seeking politicians. That is why I think a balanced budget rule would be quite helpful. It puts the force of law on the side of fiscal discipline and spending restraints, to the point where they may even become ingrained in the political system. I recently saw a frightening factoid from Canada, where healthcare apparently took up nearly half of Ontario's 2010 budget and is on track to taking up 80% in 2030. The U.S. is no stranger to extreme budgetary imbalance, some of it hidden from public view, including a public pension shortfall of at least $4.4 trillion, money which will be needed to fully fund the retirements of public employees one day. I, for one, am skeptical that states and municipalities will be able to squeeze that much out of people's taxes. And so I return to the World Economic Forum's clever idea that people need to really think about where their retirement income is going to come from. Unless and until the U.S. adopts a Danish-style indexing system, the public part of the three-legged retirement stool is wobbly. The employer-funded leg is based on 401ks, which are effective, except for the fact that, so far, only about half of Americans have access to them. Private savings, as is well known, are weak, with median balances for 65-year-olds somewhere around $60,000. Needless to say, that figure can't be stretched for very long. So here's where you come in. At the very end of the third of the World Economic Forum's three reports, the Global Consortium devotes a lengthy section to the need for financial advice. I think the idea here is that when government fails, when workplace plans prove inadequate, and when individuals do not do enough for themselves, the private enterprise system provides a solution, involves people whose own compensation depends on seeing to it that individuals achieve a successful retirement. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, I would be very grateful if you would pass it on to one or more advisors. Also, feel free to contact me at gil at seekingalpha.com with any feedback. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.